Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Wednesday night feels right. <laughs> it feels like that every night, really. But welcome to the show. And I'm always happy when you send me a message. If it's online through Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio, we can hate Facebook together, Twitter, or whatever. We keep the text message lines open. Even when we do interviews, if there's a question you had for a guest, you can always message those in. And I keep seeing online about this whole GameStop, AMC stocks, and just, I don't understand the craziness to it. I need someone to explain it to me. So our guest from Bankrate, one of their analysts, James Royals here in St. Louis, he's going to join us in about 10 minutes to explain it to me and you, if you don't know what this whole uh, meme stock bubble means. And joining us, too, is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech, Patrick M. Woods, joining us in about a half hour from now. Very excited to have them on this hour. So the big interview from earlier today, Josh Hawley on with Mark Reardon. That's a big one. So Senator Hawley here in Missouri, one of the more prominent senators because of what happened after the election. And he's known, at least in the last couple of weeks, for his objections during the Electoral College. He wanted to air his grievances in the case of Pennsylvania. And a lot of people are upset because of that. I mean, a lot of people are upset. So for example, like Jake Tapper, like listen to how Jake Tapper sets all of this up. How does somebody like Josh Hawley get treated in this? He's obviously a juror, but one could argue he should also uh, be a co-defendant in the sense that he and Ted Cruz were also responsible for pushing the big lie, which Maybe their words that day didn't incite, but their contribution to this fiction that the election was stolen and could be overturned on January 6th, they, they played a role. See, so Jake Tapper, uh, and, I, and I have to use the air quotes when I say journalist, but Jake Tapper saying that, oh, see, look at that, the co-conspirators or whatever with Donald Trump also on trial when it comes to the in- incoming impeachment. Now, that is just 
I look at all of this and I keep thinking to myself, if only the same, um, if they had integrity, they would have came up with the exact same arguments for anyone that stood up for the last couple of years, blaming the Russians and Donald Trump, I, honestly. And then what happened when the Mueller report comes out and finds out none of that was true. And a lot of this lie was purposely shoved down and even leaked to the media in order for them to continue with this. They became, in fact, co-conspirators to the Russian lie. <laughs> unknowingly and maybe even knowingly. But, you know, th the thing is, one person has an objection and says, um, I, I kind of want to look into this Pennsylvania thing. And all of a sudden they're trying to be framed as traitors to their country. It's so crazy right now. The full out assault that they're going on to Holly and uh, Cruz and, and uh, the hundreds of other Republican congressmen that signed this when they were going through the Electoral College process. And it's just so hypocritical, all of this. I keep seeing this over and over and over again. And even listening to the interview from earlier today with Josh Holly coming on with Mark Reardon, I think Mark was asking him some questions, maybe raising some of the concerns that they've had, things that other people have said, things that he feels, why didn't you just do this? Why didn't you just do that? And I'm going to air some of those clips from the interview a little bit earlier. Like, for example, like here, here's part of the interview. You can go get it at KMOX.com if you want to go listen to it right now. But we're going to air some of it later in the show. So here's Senator Josh Hawley on Mark Reardon just a couple of hours ago on Mark Reardon's program on KMOX. Do you not? But see, I think the problem is, and this is you're just going to have to answer the question. There seems to be a, a disagreement. So there are some people that feel like you led them down the path that would lead some Trump supporters, um, you know, I guess interpreting some of the things you were doing as the feeling that he was still going to be sworn into office and that somehow, even after the 15th, this is going to take place. Let me ask you about Senator Danforth and what he said. He was back on TV yesterday saying this or maybe two days ago that that he's disappointed in you and that you were one of the biggest political mistakes that he made. Have you spoken with Senator Danforth or I mean, look, he was a mentor, Josh. That has to sting at the very least a little, doesn't it? Listen, I never went to Washington in order to represent or please the political establishment. I went to represent the people of Missouri. And let me just go back to what you said a second ago about some people feel I led them down the path. That's just a lie. I mean, that is a lie told by the left wing mob that now wants to silence me and Ted Cruz and 140 House members and 13 senators and anybody who would dare stand up to them, anybody who is a Trump supporter who refuses to bow the knee. And I'm just not going to I'm not going to be silenced, Mark. It is it is a lie that I was trying to overturn an election or that Ted Cruz was trying to overturn an election. It is a lie that I incited violence or that he incited violence or that having a debate on the floor of the Senate is equivalent to violence. That is a lie. And if yeah, and he goes on even further and, and you can go back and listen to the full interview. It's about 14 minutes long or so 13 minutes long something like that but we're going to air some clips later on the show it was a it was a good interview and got a lot of people heated i was looking at the text messages coming in i can go back and scroll through not that i always look at the text messages that come into other shows but i i got to admit this there are uh, much more people that text message this show than all of the other shows combined so i want to give a big thumbs up and thank you to everyone that interacts here on overnight america and i do enjoy reading your thoughts on there but let, let me just say um, I, I think that a lot of this is being projected on them and it's unfairly being projected on them. There's still a lot of people that are very upset. And I think it is a dirty political game that they're trying to play, which was outlined by Rand Paul yesterday, who I'm you know what? I might as well just play Rand Paul's speech for a month straight, what he said on the Senate floor. And it goes to show you there is a lot of support that this whole thing is just going to 
be, okay, we're going to have to waste a lot of time in the Senate. They're not going to vote to convict Donald Trump, and then it's going to be over, and you're going to realize what a waste of time it was. So there's going to be a lot of that going on, too. And they talked about that as part of the interview. Maybe I'll play some of that later. But it was a big day here at KMOX. I'm starting to see the, the radio station and Mark Reardon's name get brought up on these national publications and the local newspapers, things like that. It was very cool to see that. And what a big get from Mark. Big, uh, big pat on the back for all the people associated getting that set up here on KMOX because Josh Hollies has done national media. You don't see him doing local media all that much. So it was nice to see him on. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk to bank rate analyst James Royal on what really happened with this GameStop AMC stocks and how a website called Reddit had a role in it. And what does it mean? It's it's strong. People are going nuts over this. So really, what is going on? This whole fiasco. I don't understand it. So I'm going to have an expert do it for me. We're also going to talk about free speech with the director of Citizens for Free Speech, Patrick Woods, joining us a little bit later this hour, too. A lot more scheduled. So don't go anywhere. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. He's an analyst for Bankrate. Joining us now is James Royal. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Hey, good evening, Ryan. Thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, I'm watching social media today. People are going crazy. The memes are flying. And I'm still trying to figure out what exactly is going on when it comes to people pumping up the stocks for GameStop and AMC and things like that. And what does it mean? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, certainly in the case of GameStop, it's what's called a short squeeze. At least that was the initial catalyst for it. You've got a bunch. And what that means is you've got a bunch of investors who have bet on the on the company uh, on the company stock going down uh, and they've uh, short sold the stock and on the other hand you've got a bunch of investors who think who say no this this company is not going out of business in fact it can make a lot of money in the future and so the those investors who are buying the stock basically have tried to force the people who are short the stock to close their positions and that's helped propel the stock rapidly higher. Literally in a two week period, it's gone. The stock GameStop has gone from a $20 stock now to a $347. <laughs> okay. This, this is what I, the, the thing I don't really understand and the way that you explain it there is still is a little bit confusing. You might have mm-hmm. to dumb it down to me. Like I'm like I'm 10 <laughs> and a half, but I, when, when you talk about it and you weigh uh, from what I understand, at least with the stock market, uh, you could bet either way. It's almost like going to the roulette table and picking just black or red, as opposed to picking an individual number or whatever. And I'm thinking like, okay, how is how is this being done? How is the people are looking at this and saying it's being manipulated by trolls on Reddit and they're finding ways around the system and people are getting rich off of this and hedge funds are, are losing tons of dollars and all of this plays in somehow. I just don't understand it. It's a whole different world to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the thing is with short sellers, it's a little bit of a, it's a different game, right? Basically, what they when you when you go short, you technically borrow the stock from the broker and you sell it into the market. Well, ultimately, uh, you have to buy that stock back later, and you're hoping that it's gone down in the interest, right? Now, a normal mm-hmm. a normal investor will go buy stock, you know, buy buy low and sell high. Short sellers kind of try to do. The reverse of that. They sell first, they try to sell high and buy low, but it's the same mechanism where you're trying to uh, uh, profit on the differential in the price. The thing is, ah. um, so the thing is, is later on, if, if the stock rises, 
you know that that short seller still has to buy that stock. I see. And in the, and in the case of GameStop, there were a ton of shares that were sold short, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, technically, more than more shares than the company has. And so you know that there had to be a, a buyer out there in the future. And so investors who went and bought the stock pushed it up. And then they said, hey, they, the shorts haven't closed their position. We'll push it up some more, right? And then, uh-huh. and, and then they still didn't close. And so you know that's the short squeeze. It's a bulk, ultimately, you, you see that the short is going to have to close that position. So the, the trading gets even more frenzied and anticipatory. And ultimately, one of the big shorts in this, or one of the rumored big shorts, a, a, a fund called Melvin Capital, had to take a huge cash infusion from outside investors. It lost so much money. I think okay, so I think I understand this. So let me let me try to repeat it back to you to see if I sure. truly understand this. So when when there's a stock, someone could actually bet on the stock dropping. So when they get it at a certain price, they would make money by it dropping. So essentially, if it does drop and they bought it into it, or at least uh, said they were going to, and it goes down, they make up the difference up. I, I kind of understand what you're saying there. So mm-hmm. the people that are buying into GameStop at this point, are they just trying to screw the people? Like, are they trying to mess with the system to get them to, because ultimately the ones that are buying the GameStop stock and it's rising the stock price for it. I mean, they own the stock and they're essentially buying into it. They're not short selling or any of that stuff. What they're essentially doing is trying to mess with these hedge funds and in a way, just trying to give them a hard time. Well, uh, perhaps. I think ultimately a lot of this is trying to trade and make money, make money a quick buck on a short-term trade here. And because this has become the activity, so many, so many traders have come into the market. It's no longer just Wall Street bets, you know, this, this Reddit, subreddit yeah. group, right? It's no longer just that group. Tons of investors have come in here and have pushed the price up. And it's, it, that type of activity tends to feed on itself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just, you know, the short squeeze necessarily, although that might still be part of it. It's also the fact that everybody's trading it, and so there's some expectation that it might go up. So that helps become a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. That draws in more traders and more traders, right? And so you get these, this kind of tulip bulb mania where people think yeah. it's going to keep rising. So this is what I don't understand, too. So in a Mm -hmm. way, I guess I can draw comparisons to a Bitcoin where when the interest grows, so does the value of this Bitcoin, because when they're trading it and people are holding on to what they have, it inflates the price of it. However, you're Mm -hmm. talking about a company like GameStop, who ultimately Mm -hmm. has gains and losses. There's only a certain amount of value in GameStop. And regardless of the amount of people that are buying the stock, it doesn't necessarily mean GameStop is in a better financial position. So ultimately, they may be buying in something and the stock prices are going up but it's it can't stay at that rate right right it, i think you're exactly right there right so you know let's think about four or five months ago when the stock was five five to ten dollars a share you know it's a different situation at that point because if you're an investor and you're looking to buy you think hey look i really think this stock could be worth twenty dollars in a year thirty dollars in a in, in a couple years uh, or, or whatnot if they can turn things around and, and really get things going right that's a different, completely different setup than what we're seeing here, right? Where people are literally paying 17 times the value uh, that they were just two weeks ago. The business hasn't doesn't have hasn't seen that kind of fundamental improvement um, in a in a two week period, right? So, yeah. so you're absolutely right. The 
while while $5 might have been too low a price, um, $350 is almost certainly <laughs> much too high a price, right? So, and yeah. one, of, one, one of the things you're seeing right now is, you know, a couple of days ago, the stock traded three times its actual share count, right? That means basically like every every single share is, is being traded three times in a given day, right? That's not people taking a long-term perspective on the company and its future, right? That's people trying to make a really quick buck. So this is what I don't understand, too. Uh, maybe you can. Uh, so what essentially happens? So does the market level out? Does GameStop, uh, GameStop stock eventually level out and drop back down? Uh, and then anyone that bought stock, they wanted to be part of this ride. Let's say they bought high. Are they ultimately facing perhaps some pretty large losses? Yeah, I mean, it, it's at some point here, the stock is going back down. We don't know. It's three hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, closed, as I say, $350 or so a share today, it could go up to 1000 in the next week. We simply don't know when the spike is going to end. Um, uh-huh. What we can be reasonably confident about is that it will, the, the stock will go back to something approaching the company's business value, the, comp- the, the fair value of the company's prospects over time, right? Maybe that's yeah. $30, maybe that's $20, maybe that's $40 or you know, whatever it is, yeah. um, it will eventually go back to that. We simply don't know when. And the people who bought it 300 or 500 or 1,000, if it goes there, um, and if they continue to hold, they will lose significant money. Yeah. So could you essentially, um, could uh, okay, this whole short squeeze or whatever it is, could mm-hmm. you buy GameStop <laughs> high right now, considering that you know it's going to go down at some point and hedge that bet? Um, so it, like, if you wanted, if you wanted, if you wanted to bet on the stock going down, you mean? Yeah. So let's say GameStop's yeah. at this 300 or whatever. Could you say, okay, that's it. I know it's going down. So, um, originally sure. the ones that were betting on GameStop going down, they got burned big sure. time because everyone sure. got bought into the frenzy of this and they started buying into it and it goes astronomically high. So let's say I look at it and say, okay, it's at 300 and some dollars a share. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to go back down to 20 or 10. Mm-hmm. I might want to do this uh, squeeze, this whatever thing you're talking about, short selling before. Yeah. Could, yeah, could yeah, you yeah. technically so, do that? Yeah, no. So you could still do that, right? Uh, but you face potentially the same risks, right? The stock could continue to rise and, uh, you know, as precipitously as it has. And so you, you face the risk of ruin if it continues to, to rise and you can't meet a margin call. You can't basically pay back this, this loan, Um uh, so that's one way. Another way is to use options to do it. But options, because the stock has run up so quickly, options prices are tremendously expensive now. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it's really it's really not very feasible, uh, yeah. certainly for individual investors to do it. Fine, if you want to do just, you know, take a small little portion of your portfolio and try it, maybe. Uh, but you have to be tremendously careful here uh, on uh, given the run up in the stock and how much yeah. above fair value it is. You just have to yes. be very careful. You're facing ruin. Okay, so just technically, let's say you throw a thousand dollars at it and sure. the price of GameStop doubles, you would owe two thousand dollars. Is that how it works? Yeah, that would be basically it, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, but but if it drops from like if it drops, you know, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and eighty, you know, dollars per stock or something like that, you're bound to make a ton of money off of something like that well you'll you'll make so for example um there, there's a kind of asymmetry when you short sell right so the most you can make when it falls 
is the amount that is the amount of stock that you sold. So, for example, if you sell one thousand dollars worth of stock, the most you're going to make on that is a thousand dollars. I see. Uh, okay. On the other hand, if you buy the stock, right, you could make a thousand dollars. You could make two thousand dollars. You could make the stock could keep going higher, right? Right. Uh, and there's no limit on that. This is so dangerous because people don't know what they're doing and they're throwing so much money into it. I don't know if this is good or bad for investments in general. I saw that down was down today. It's just so wild anyway. But uh, real quick, uh, James Royal joining us, Bankrate analyst. If people wanted to learn more about all of this stuff and some of the things you guys do at Bankrate, where can they look you up? Yeah, Bankrate.com. We, in fact, have uh, just put an article out uh, yesterday on short selling. So if you want to know the potential risks, the potential rewards, we cover it all right in that one article. Bankrate.com. What, what a wild, wild ride, all of this. Just one real quick question, and sure. uh, I'll let you go. I'm sorry for holding you. But um, what I wonder is everyone else that has money invested, so maybe it's their retirement funds, 401ks, whatever mm-hmm. it is, is any of that affected by this when you see these fluctuations going on with just one individual stock? With one stock, no, not not really. This, this, this type of frothiness happens in the market from time to time. Uh, and in fact, what you're seeing is on, on many quality stocks, um, the prices are still reasonable. I mean, maybe yeah. they're elevated to some extent, but they're still reasonable. And so this is not the type of thing where uh, investors should start worrying about uh, a broadly diversified portfolio yeah. because of one or two things that have run up. Right. Stick to your long term yeah. plan. Is this the same thing that happened in trading places with pork bellies? <laughs> uh, that That's that's the basic idea. Exactly. They're trying, <laughs> okay. they're trying to do a short film. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. So that's, so I think I should have led with that because that helps uh, things better. Okay. So bank rate analyst, James Royal, again, uh, what's the website people can look you guys up? Bankrate.com. Perfect. I thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, James. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a good evening. And James Royal there with Bankrate uh, joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. That helped me understand it a little bit better. You still may be a little bit weary or trying to figure that sort of thing out. You go to their website. Uh, the articles like that, I'm sure, will be a lot easier to dissect. Joining us after the break, we'll take a look at your weather. And then Patrick Woods joining us, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech, about the worry of social media's unchecked power. This is Overnight America, KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Hey, welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. And joining us is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. It's a nonprofit. Patrick Wood, thank you for coming on to KMOX. How do you do? I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, free speech is something we've talked about a lot over the past couple of years. We're really starting to wonder if social media in these giant tech companies, uh, so it even extends beyond your traditional Facebook, Twitters, and things. It goes to the Amazons, the Googles, really giant companies that have control over a big footprint of the Internet. Uh, should we worry about their power right now? Absolutely, we should. And uh, I, I believe, and most of the, all of our staff actually at CFFS believe, that this will be the singular issue of this new president's term. Uh, that is saving the First Amendment. And it's not, I won't say it's going to be easy, but if we do not save the First Amendment, which is under full uh, press attack right now, America's really going to be over. Uh, because mm. when communication stops, the fighting starts. We just can't have that. We cannot risk that. We need to keep the First Amendment alive and stop this censorship, this nilly-willy censorship, uh, all of which, by the way, is directed towards people who are fighting globalization of one sort or another, one mm. aspect of it or another. But yeah, uh, we've this seen is a this. big issue right now, huge. Yeah, so many other countries, uh, and we can point to China in the way that they've handled uh, speech and the way that you could be punished for speech. And it's very scary because in ways you start to see the same sort of philosophies pop up here as of late. And it's, it should concern a lot of people. And one of the things I noticed is that even the ACLU for a while, and if I go back to when I was younger, I realized that the ACLU would used to step in in moments like this and talk about these sort of issues and problems. But today, the ACLU is kind of like, uh, they might dip their toe in it, but they don't ever do anything about it. They're, they're very cautious. They It's so strange because they used to be an organization that cared about things like uh, free speech. So that's why I see new organizations like this one, Citizens for Free Speech, being so important. And I'm guessing that might be one of the main reasons why you guys are stepping into this realm, too. Well, it is. We're 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 doing a lot with media these days to get this message out. And I thank you for having me on your program. Um, <clears throat> but we're also doing a lot of training for local activists around the country to 
kind of relearn communication skills so that they can actually get back into a civil dialogue with people in their local communities. And uh, we're encouraging people to get into their city councils, into their, you know, how their local communities are run and put up a firewall against this stuff and more or less to, you know, cut the legs out from under this, uh, this, this technocrat great reset or whatever you want to call it that's coming out of uh, the, you know, the, the mouth of the global elites, like at the World Economic Forum, for instance. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. A lot of ways that they, if they have a platform in that way, they get to be unfettered in the way they use it. However, there's a lot of other people that are being punished for things that make you oh, wonder uh, is there, there's it's intentional uh, because they may be critical of organizations and things like that. And th- I want to point out, too, in a lot of ways, we used to encourage people to be critical of the way that their government deals. If you saw something in government you disliked, but anymore, uh, you find that if you do even like, like I go back into uh, this past election, if you question the government and how they handled something in a way that a social media giant doesn't like it, that you're very likely to either get branded uh, deplatformed or, or ghosted or whatever it may be, uh, these things are very true because you you realize the amount of power that these tech companies have. Yes. And I, I would just have to point out to everybody that in every revolution that's ever taken place, uh, at least the last 150 years, the very first thing that the revolutionaries do is they, they go into a, a country, for instance, and they take over all the media. They take over the newspapers. They take over the radio stations, the TV stations. They run everybody out. Uh, sometimes they just kill them, but they run them out and they take it over for the purposes of propaganda. This is what's happened in America over a period of years. Our, our mainstream media has been completely co-opted. Uh, free speech is in shambles right now as far as, uh, well, not just media, mainline media, but a lot of alternative media sites are just getting clobbered. And uh, really the only thing that's left right now that is relatively unfettered is conservative talk radio. And talk kind of talk radio in general, but conservative talk radio in particular. That's the last bastion we have of free and open and unfettered communications in America. And unfortunately, uh, the crosshairs <laughs> now are being leveled at that element of media as well. So this could be a very difficult four years. But if we lose the right to speak in America and, and all of the other elements in the First Amendment, uh, America's never, ever going to be the same again. And this is just inconceivable to me something we absolutely cannot allow to happen so when you look at facebook or twitter or whatever it may be being that it is their own platform and they have this sort of jurisdiction over the things that are on there so what's fair for us to raise a red flag and say that's crossing a line what what is the line that has been crossed that shouldn't be yes there has been all kinds of antitrust or, or trust busting activity. For instance, the death of Parler. Uh, well, Parler may not be dead yet, but when Parler was, was killed <laughs> the first time, uh, it, it was Google uh, and that, that ganged up on, on Parler and then uh, Apple uh, by removing their app from the app stores. And then Amazon stepped in, same within 24 hours, and said, we're cutting off all of your data and all of your services, that, uh, processing services that you have in the cloud with Amazon. And it killed the company in one day. It was there one day functioning with 20 million uh, users. The next day it was gone. You couldn't even find it on, in, on the Internet at all. This is murder, Ryan. This is like killing somebody. Uh, it was premeditated uh, to kill off a competitor who had a message that they simply did not like. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
why the Justice Department doesn't jump on this like white on rice is beyond me. But uh, this kind of colluding activity, is, is conspiratorial activity, is absolutely illegal in America. Hmm. And, you know, the politicians right now are simply asleep at the switch. They're just not paying attention. Well, maybe the reason they're not paying attention is because Washington is in such a turmoil for the last two or three years. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I, nobody's watching this, really. Yeah, I, I look at how other countries in like the European Union, for example, have had all kinds of different suits and successfully have fined companies that like Google, for example, I mean, billions of dollars for things like manipulating search results when it came to their shopping. Uh, and they would take a certain company and hide them and they would do all of these things. And it was looked at as anti-competitive and they were manipulating the markets and doing a lot of damage to companies. And they were fined and successfully fined. However, the same sort of uh, the, the, the way that they brought this up in Europe, they tried to apply it here to the United States, but the protections allowed them to continue on with business as usual. So Google can continue to take certain companies, take certain brands or whatever it is. They could hide it in search results. They can discourage people from going to it. They can encourage other companies that are their rivals or whatever it is. So there, it's 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 a way where some countries have looked at it and said, this is anti-competitive. It goes against consumer protections. We need to do something about it. Here in the United States, we haven't done that. So what do you think should be done in order to try to write the course, I guess, when it comes to free speech and tech companies? Well, I think for, for, for the sake of any specific criminal activity that took place in the case of Parler, I think the Department of Justice should, should launch a huge investigation of this and call people to the table and find out if there really were illegal, you know, laws actually broken. Otherwise, Congress should take up an antitrust uh, position on this and say, you guys are acting uh, to kill your competitors. You're creating a, uh, a monopoly for what you, you know, for the, the market space you're in. And uh, we're not going to allow you to kill off your competitors at will. And uh, that, that's what uh, antitrust regulations are for. That's why it's there. You also have the, you know, the, uh, the, the RICO Act, which uh, you know, racketeering, uh, basically. There's all kinds of penalties that could be put against these companies, including freezing assets. Um, for behavior that is uh, very, you know, very much along the racketeering line. So the, the government has resources, but the problem with the government right now is that the government has really leveled its, um, hmm, what do you want to say, its, um, uh, its behemoth weight against the people of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not really I, 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 for I, us anymore. Yeah. I do think there has to be a lot of attention on Section 230, and I, I want to point out something else, too, and I think this is another angle that seems to go unspoken, but when you look at the tech companies and the amount of money that they donate to political candidates, it could be, uh, it's almost, I, want, I don't want to use the word exclusively, but it's close to it when it comes to the Democratic Party. It's a lot of the money goes that way. I, I want to point out that when they take only one side and they only punish people on one side. To me, that looks like an in-kind political donation to their friends because what they're doing is ultimately trying to make sure 
whatever competition they had out there is stifled or taken away or disappeared or silenced as a way to try to help the people that they already support. And to me, that's super anti-competitive. It's very dangerous because they're already putting themselves into political positions as companies. And that's why you really have to have a level playing field. And those things need to be out there. And there has to be something that's done about this. Yes, that, that's a very good point, by the way. Um, whether, uh, you know, whether the government will do anything about it, whether states will do anything about it or cities, that's still up in the air. But I, I will suggest that even for those states that will, great. Uh, we have something going on in Arizona right now that's pretty good um, uh, that might limit some of this stuff. But the states across the nation are not all marching in lockstep on this for sure. The one thing that still is left open is the local level, the city councils, the, you know, the board of supervisors in the county. They have incredible power to block some of the policies that, that globalization has brought into local communities and really throw a monkey wrench into the, the, the big plan for these people. And I'll stress again that the issues that they're censoring are ones that are pitted against globalization. This, this, this whole pandemic thing is a, a global issue, not just in America. And it's not just a Democrat-Republican issue. It's much bigger than that. Globalization, at this point, these people really do want to take over the world, and America's a thorn in their side. Hmm. So we have a lot of this stuff that's being censored that would expose the tentacles of globalization coming into America. Um, this can only be... I should say you can only put up a firewall against this at this point and the local communities to stop these policies from coming down to your local level. If enough communities did that, they would, they would, you know, blow the whole globalization meme to pieces. But, um, in the meantime, the legal issues with, you know, that's going on with, uh, with these big, big tech censorship and other second tier companies like, um, Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, MailChimp, the big mailing company, um, WordPress.com, all of these companies are censoring people, just dropping them out of the ethersphere <laughs> at will, and there's no recourse. You have nobody to call. There's no, you know, you can't file a complaint or anything to anybody. It's just, mm-hmm. well, we don't like you anymore. You're gone, out of business. Yeah. Um, this so, just has to stop. Yeah. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to talk to you about this a little bit more. Certainly. Yeah. So the website citizensforfreespeech.org is a nonprofit. Uh, He's the founder and director for that organization. Patrick Wood will continue with him next on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. And joining us is the founder and director for an organization, a nonprofit called Citizens for Free Speech. Patrick Wood, thank you for spending time with us tonight on Overnight America. My pleasure. So when it comes to the First Amendment and things that are protected uh, in the First Amendment, you say that you have organized things like meetups. So tell me about the the reason for that and what are you doing when it comes to the grassroots level? Well, here's the what's happened during the pandemic <clears throat> with all of the normal activities tamped down around our country. And this is global too, remember, but just in our country alone, um, the, the social fabric of our country has been seriously ripped apart. People have not been meeting. They have been hunkered down in, in fear in their houses or wherever they 
you know, wherever they are, wherever, wherever they have to isolate themselves. And the normal behavior of meeting together to discuss things, especially in the civic arena, is just simply missing. So we're encouraging people to restart the process, even if it's small, to, uh, to connect with people on a face-to-face basis. You know, everybody's using Zoom and Skype and other ways to, you know, have meetings and stuff. Uh, we firmly believe that face-to-face contact is really important. The framers of our, con- of our uh, Constitution felt it was very important as well, and that's kind of what the First Amendment is all about. The right to peaceable assembly is a fundamental uh, building block of a constitutional republic. So that's why we're encouraging meetups and stuff. And it's not, you know, it's not to just to spit in the face of, of COVID or anything. You know, we, we have no problem with there being a virus. But the problem is you can't, you, the government cannot do things, no matter what the emergency is, to kill the Constitution or the, for even the, just the First Amendment of the Constitution. That is just not the way things work in America. Never have, and it shouldn't work that way now. So yeah. that's one of the big things we're promoting right now. People get back together and start talking face to face with each other and uh, start hashing it out in your own local community. You find that it was even from the beginning unequally enforced. So you could find that if you were upset about fill in the blank event that happened somewhere else, they would allow for protesting. However, if you wanted to protest the way your government was handling something, then you would, for whatever, have a higher bar when it came to assembling. And that's the thing that I think we need to go back and realize that protesting the actions of your government and saying that, hey, this is we don't the way that you're handling this to say that you're not allowed to protest your government. It's a dangerous thing. And a lot of areas tried to do that. They tried to enforce where you couldn't protest them. So when you talk about the First Amendment and the reason for the First Amendment, talking about allowing for these things and how important it is for a democracy, that's is why you have these things. And for someone like a government official to tell you, you can't do it was another thing that we looked at and said, no, 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 you can't do that. However, um, I think some people said because of the circumstances it's better that you have to waive your other rights which concerned other people too but let me just point this out um everything that we're saying right here has been said a million different times the thing that i think may be most dangerous is even if you question one of these things if you said it online you found yourself in a situation where you could be banned on it so you know even even where the venue was the avenue you didn't even have to be meeting in person they'd still discipline you for doing it uh, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, the, the American way has always been to, there's always been a contingent that is critical of the existing uh, government structure, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that was part and parcel of a two-party system and other variations we've had along the way. There was always speech, writing, et cetera, that was critical of the status quo. This is the American way. This is how we got to where we are today. When one party or one group or whatever decides that they're going to not allow that anymore, no criticism, no discussing of the issues, no investigative journalism that can get out anymore, uh, that basically uh, takes away their accountability to the people. And there's really no way to discover any corruption or anything that comes, anything that needs to be, you know, uh, exposed. Even if you find it, you can't expose it because you don't have a platform. Hmm. So if people wanted to learn about the issues that you guys are tackling with the Citizens for Free Speech, where can they find you? 
citizensforfreespeech.org. And we're not teaching the issues, by the way. That's not really the purpose of CFFS. We're, we expect people to know whatever issues, you know, rings their bell by the time they come to us. Um, so we're not, you know, proposing this or that on, on a specific issue. What we want to do is train people to be successful in communicating with others who they may not agree with. This type of civil discourse is missing from America right now. I think that was an intentional hit job, too. But um, we need to regain civil discourse in America with people who, you know, where people have their heads screwed on generally right without, you know, just being completely weird. Uh, of course, even those people should be allowed to speak, even if they really are weird. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we just want to be a catalyst, you know. <laughs> well, hey, you're, you're talking up. to my group of people here, late night radio. We enjoy the more weird, the better. So uh, that's great. Patrick Wood is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech online at citizensforfreespeech.org. Thank you for coming on to Overnight America tonight. My pleasure, Ryan. Thank you. And he joins us on the Bomberito, Automo uh, Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Well, that's an interesting. I, I like talking free speech. That's a good that's a good thing. All right. So coming up right after the break, we'll take a look at your news. We have a special guest, a local author that writes about St. Louis Louis Roberts and his pool legacy. Yeah, playing some billiards. We'll uh, talk to Mark O'Brien, the author of that book next on Overnight America KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 